Hello and welcome back to my podcast, You've Got to Be Joking With Me, Meg Rees. Now, hello. Now, hello. It's been a while. And I'm so sorry I've kept you waiting for such a long time. It's been over six months. That is so rude of me. Now, I just want to reintroduce myself to you because in series one, I was Bunny Jane. Now, it's not like I'm you know, getting rid of Bunny at all, that's not what I'm doing, but I feel like she was almost like a shield, like a cloak, almost like, you know, I put her on because it was almost like my alter ego. It was something that I could kind of like breathe and like hide behind whilst behind closed doors. Meg Rees, me, was suffering from the heartbreak, the biggest heartbreak of my entire life. A heartbreak I don't think I'll ever be able to get over, but actually Bunny Jane helped me do that. She helped me put forward my single gal self again to try and regain my strength. My sexually liberated self came out of Bunny Jane and now I'm kind of like back, I suppose, on the horse-ish in a way. And she's taught me a lot. So I'd like to thank her. Well, the cloak, that was her. Because it's still me, obviously, but I feel like, you know, coming out of something like that can be so, so difficult and so heart-wrenching. And even thinking about it now, a year and a half on, it's still as hard as it was kind of like the day that we decided to, to know, you know, like, end things. So, yeah, I go from... Oh, just kicking over the camera, don't worry about that. Um, I go from saying hello to you as me... Meg Reeves, and welcome back to season two <laughs> of the podcast, episode one. We welcome you back. I can't believe you've stuck around to like listen to me go on and on and on about my tragic, tragic dating life. It's been a wild ride since I've last spoken to you six months ago. I think the last episode was the best date yet. It was. And you know what? It was the best date yet. Up until the point because you know what it's like that it always comes to a point where you, you know, things end with somebody that you think is going to be great. And it's such a shame. He just wasn't my one. And it's such a shame because we had great times, but it just wasn't right for both of us. So we decided to end it. Now, before all that kind of stuff happened, there were many, many things that he did that were great. And and literally nobody has done anything better yet in my life. So he really, really set the bar high. And I love that. Like, we don't talk anymore purely for the fact that I feel like when you get to a certain point with somebody, if you're trying to move on and trying to heal from it, it's like I did with my ex. I kind of just had to, like, let it go. And I had to, like, I can't be looking at his stories anymore. It's self-torture. We all do it to ourselves. We do. But there's no way that we can heal from that. And I was doing the same with him. So I kind of had to just kind of like block him out of my life because that's kind of the only way that I can move on. Otherwise, you know what it's like. You have a glass of wine and you're like, I wonder what they're up to. And you text them and then you don't get a reply for a couple of hours and then you're like pranging out thinking like, did I say the wrong thing? Have I done the wrong thing? And your girls are going, why the fuck did you message him? You shouldn't have messaged him. Should you? Shouldn't have done that. And you're like, oh, shit, fucked. I shouldn't have done that. I gave in. But giving in to what? You're giving in to what it is. We want attention. All of us as humans do. And it's so frustrating because it's like, you know, how can we win? We can't. I think we just have to be patient with ourselves and we never are patient. That's the problem. It's really, really, really annoying. Anyway, going back, 
to the best date yet. Let me just tie you up because it's been six months of stuff I need to catch up on. I'm like, I've kind of written a list here to like update you on the bits and bobs that I've missed out on. Just gonna have a sip of wine first of all, of course. It's five o'clock on a Monday. Come on. Okay. So, if it was a reason that I met this guy, was because he taught me so many things that made me feel more like sexually liberated than hats off to him hats off to you sir you really did teach me a lot of things and a lot of life lessons actually in the way that he he was with me and the way that he treated me he he set the bar high so first date took me to the boundary had a great day we roll we came back to mine rolled around like teenagers kissing and it was just in that respect phenomenal i felt like butterflies he had then a holiday planned and i was going to wilderness festival I'd gone away with my girls, had the best time, and we were literally, like, texting incessantly, like, teenagers, and I haven't had that for such a long time. You know, those really, like, amazing moments where you're just, like, you're, you've got butterflies from, like, someone texting you, and you're like, oh, someone likes me, and it's such an exciting feeling. It was that, and I, I'm a big texter, so if someone doesn't text, I'm, like, red flag, because that is my love language, and me and him were, like, incessantly texting, calling, like, sending a photos with each other, and I genuinely thought, going back from that, um, that festival, that he and I were going to be in a relationship. That's what it felt like, and I was kind of like, fuck it, go along with it. The girls were like, just be careful, you know, because you know what you like, you know what I'm like as well. Obviously, listening to me from series one, I fall in love quick, and I did. I just do. I wear my heart on my sleeve, and if someone kind of gets into my world, in which he did, um, I'll, I'll fall in love quick, and I'll give that person everything that I've got. You know, I'm a great believer in love in that respect. So when he came back, and I came back from the festival. It was, a, 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 you know, like a constant texting situation and he came straight to mine from the airport. We slept together, things were great and things were going on a really great, um, just in a great direction. And I was so excited. I was like telling my mum and like, you know, she was like, Meg, come on, be careful. Come on, come on, you know what you like. You get tied up too quick, you fall in love too quick, you know what you like. I was like, yeah, I know, I know. So I kind of like, I kind of had my wits about me, but I kind of didn't because you know what I'm like. Um, and then from there, things just built and built and built with us. He took me to see Cabaret, front, front row, front row, sorry, uh, tickets, like really, really spoiled me to the point where I was just like, I felt like I was on cloud nine. I was just like, wow, someone wants to take me to go and see the Cabaret and like take me out for amazing meals. Like he set the bar, but the bar was always here is it because we've been taking ourselves so low that we don't think we deserve that because we do that is like setting the bar at a standard that should already be set at why are we not being like wined and dined and like taken out for amazing meals and taken out for amazing experiences on the first couple of dates yes that person should be wooing you because you're fucking come on top of your game like we deserve the best and this is what's annoying about the dating world that we are all in of this cesspit which is single life and it's like an absolute it's a boat that we're trying to get out that's sinking it's got so many holes in it we're like we're still here why are we why are we in this boat get out put your fucking life jacket on and save yourself because this is what i've had to do in the last well and the last couple of months i can't do the apps anymore i cannot do it 
There's been there's been so many bad dates. As you've heard of the last, well, since I've been doing this podcast, there's been so many bad dates, so many bad guys, so much bad etiquette and so much bad behavior. And I'm not putting up with it anymore. And you know what I think it is? I think when you tell the universe, no, I'm not doing this anymore. Universe, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not putting up this behavior anymore. I'm not having it. It's like, okay, you know what? That's good. You're learning your lessons. We'll close that door. That opens another, you know? That's what I'm going by. And it's actually, there's been so many points in the last six months that that's happened to me that I'm just not doing it anymore. It's the same with friendships. It's the same with jobs. It's the same with anything that you feel that's not right in your life. And I've said this from the beginning and it's your gut feeling that tells you this. If it's not right, get rid of it. Get fucking rid of it. So me and this guy, he, he know, anyway, I'm sorry, I'm going, you know what? I'm like, trail of thought goes off. I'm like ADHD brain crazy. Anyway, so we had these loads of these really deep uh, conversations and loads of these moments together that were like really, really special. And I genuinely feel like he'll be someone that I have a very special place in my heart for, for the rest of my life. Genuinely, he taught me a lot. And it's sad that we don't speak anymore, but it's only really to protect myself and to protect my peace. So um, from the very beginning, we'd spoken very openly about sexual stuff that we wanted to do. And like, he was very experimental, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, great, so am I. And we'd spoken about a threesome. And he'd been speaking about a threesome from the beginning. And I was like, I was kind of like a bit dubious because I was a bit like, well should I? Because I kind of like this guy and I don't want to ruin it. And if that, if that is a thing, then maybe it will ruin it. Anyway, overthinking, you know what it's like being a, any, any kind of overthinker. We overthink everything and it's so annoying, but that is why wine helps. Wine does help. Mm. As I take another glug, I'm going to go back for a second. Hang on. Anyway, so we're talking about the threesome. So we decide to match our fields. Now, if you've got field, it's a sexier version of hinge. If you haven't got field, then it's a sexier version of hinge. Basically, you can go on there for, it's more like a casual hookup situation. It's it's not like grinder, but it kind of is. It's kind of like that, but not as like, I don't know, a more like a, it's more like a grinder situation with a, with dating involved in it, if you like. So we match our fields, which you can do. So you can partner up with someone on field. And that means that you can kind of like search um, as a couple and people come up on your thing that are interested in the same thing as you. So if someone's searching for a threesome like we were, then people that are looking for the same thing come up with that on your profile, if that makes sense. That was so long-winded, but you get what I mean. So you're like searching for a girl that would be interested in having a threesome with us too. And it's harder than you think, you know. I thought it would be really easy, but it's actually not. It's really difficult to try and find someone that's like on the same page as you, um, that you have that chemistry with as well. And you can't ever tell over text anyway. So even if you're texting someone, you know, kind of like, you know, um, trading photos or whatever, you can never really, really tell if that person is going to be on your wavelength and the chemistry in real life is going to be there. Anyway, so we, we matched with this girl. She's gorgeous. We meet up with her. Uh, for a drink on uh, one evening on the weekend. We go to a local bar near mine. Classic, you know me. I love a little dirty martini, filthy martini with gin, don't forget it. So we go, we have a couple of drinks and we're vibing. She's really sweet. She's 
you know, like, getting on really well. We're quoting Titanic. Me and her are having a laugh. Love Titanic. I fucking love it. I don't know what it is about Titanic, but me and my family can quote word for word. It's just a classic. Absolute classic. But anyway, this girl was talking about Titanic, and it was fucking cracking me up. And I was like, this girl's, yeah, 10 out of 10. Love this girl. She's fucking great. He's vibing with her. He's obviously feeling nervous. I'm feeling really nervous, because I'm, I'm thinking, this could lead to something. But I'm also thinking, like, it was just kind of like a... It was a drink check to see if we kind of got on vibes. It wasn't going to go anywhere. So we have a couple of martinis. And then we're kind of all like sat there like, well, so what do we do now then? Kind of like, you know, side eye situation. And um, I'm like, well, mine's across the road. And we're all like, oh, okay, convenient. I'm like, oh no. Anyway, we go to the shop, get a bottle of wine. End up going back to mine, and we're kind of sat on the sofa. (laughs) I can't believe I'm telling you this, but it's so funny. We were sat out on the sofa, all of us. um, She's in the middle, he's to the left, and I'm on the right. Kind of like, (laughs) spaced apart, like, perfectly. And we're kind of like, ha-ha, like, laughing, and also also all thinking, like, is something going to happen? who's going to make a move is this going to happen or are we just having a drink what's going on like we don't know none of us know who knows what's going to happen it's like a dot 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 situation anyway next thing I know I've like poured myself another glass of wine and her as well and he's gone in for the kill kissed her and I'm like sat there going oh my god I'm like in my head going oh my god 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 it's fine this is it's on it's fucking on we're about to have a fucking threesome we're about to have a fucking threesome I was in my head like okay act cool act cool don't panic don't panic it's fine just go with the flow go with the the flow it's fine next thing I know he's like I think you two should kiss and I'm like oh god oh god Oh, fucking hell. Here we go. Fucking strap in. Strap in. We're in for a fucking ride. Christ. Before you know it, we're all naked. It's like literally 10 10 minutes, if that. We're all naked, rolling around the sofa. And it gets a bit awkward at that point because it's like, we're on a sofa. It's not exactly comfortable for three people, is it? It's like, it doesn't really work. Puzzle-wise, mathematically, it doesn't work. So we head up to the bedroom and... I couldn't have written it better myself. If I was a porno writer and I wrote this as a like female and male equivalent of watching porn and like the enjoyment from both sides, this would have been a fucking smash hit sensation. 10 out of 10. Amazing. I couldn't have written it better. I honestly couldn't have. There were moments in that threesome where I was just like absolutely blown away. There's moments in that threesome I will never, ever forget for the rest of my living days on this earth. Genuinely. Those two people, they are literally seared in my mind forever. And I don't think I'll ever get over those moments. That is serious wank-bank material. (laughs) And I will go into more detail in my book, for sure. But on a podcast? Come on, it might blow the internet up a little bit. Do you know what I mean? So, I mean, that was in, that was sensational. It was debaucherous. It was just like, I could not have written it better. There was moments in that threesome where I was like, is this actually happening? Like, what a time to be alive. There was a moment where, I can tell you this towards the end because it's not too, too, too much TMI. Um, we'd kind of all finished. Me and this girl were still kind of like canoodling. And apparently towards the end... 
he kept on coming up and being like, can I, can I kind of get it? <laughs> can I kind of get in? And we were just like canoodling, you know, just enjoying each other's company. <laughs> and he was trying for ages to get in with us two. And it just wasn't happening, which is so funny. I, I would have loved to have been a fire on the wall watching him do that. But towards the end of the threesome, um, there was a moment where... <laughs> I don't even know why he was lying on the floor. I think he was just in a moment where he was like, this is absolute bliss. Like, I have died and gone to heaven. Um, Apparently what he could see was like two heads had poked over the bed and I was like looking down at him and we we both were like, are you okay? And he was like, I've literally just died and gone to heaven. I was like, exactly what I thought. And he was just like rolling around, (laughs) rolling around on the floor. And it was just a moment that I'll never forget. So many moments within that threesome were just like, uh, I uh, mind, like mind blowingly good, like insane. And if you've ever wanted to do it and it's been on your checklist like it has with me, honestly, I have to set, I have to tell you right now, fucking go for it. I mean, I've, I've also spoken to my friends as well that have said that the threesomes that they have had haven't been as like what I've explained to them as like the most amazing sexual experience of my life that I will never forget for the rest of my days but if you want to do it do it if you feel confident enough to do it and you feel like you're in a safe space to do so then fucking do it because it's one of those things as a human and like if you're really like into those kind of things and want to be sexually explorative is that the right word we're gonna go with it then why not? I feel like you only live once, right? And if you want to do all these things, especially if you're single, if you're in an open relationship or have what you want to do, if you're in like a a trusting relationship, then why not? It's like another thing to be like, you know, I've done that. And that was incredible. I'm not sure even if I did it again, it would be the same. It wouldn't be the same. It wouldn't, I couldn't. You wouldn't be able to write that as beautiful as it was, that moment in time and a snippet in history between us three I'll never forget I know he never will and I know that she won't either I don't think that could ever be topped I'm gonna you know cheers cheers to both of them because incredible incredible fucking memory I'll never forget for the rest of my life so that was a threesome that also then triggered my interest back into girls again because the experience I'd had with this girl it was so great and actually when I was younger my first sexual experience with a girl was when I was, I think I must have been just as I started stripping. So I think it was when I was like 19 and I was in a club with a couple of the girls that I was working with. And this girl was like really, really on my case, like wouldn't let it go. And I was just like, uh, I was on MCAT at the time. Do you remember MCAT? It was like, I think they sold it as like plant fertilizer back in the day awful stuff honestly I think it's still dot, like dotted around now but I'd never touch it ever again but anyway ended up going back home with this girl when I was really young because obviously being a stripper back in the day we used to do these girl on girl girl on girl oh I can't even speak girl on girl shows and it really made me kind of feel like I might have been maybe interested in girls at one point and like I was definitely quite like inquisitive and like kind of wanted to go down that route and see what that was about. So when this girl came on to me, I was like, well, this could be my chance, you know? The drugs were giving me a little bit of extra confidence and so was the drink. So I ended up going back home with her 
And what a first experience. My fucking God. Like, I cannot even tell you the experience I had with this girl. Uh, To the point where my brother... (laughs) My brother ended up walking in on me, sat on her face because I was being so loud that he had to come and tell me to shut the fuck up. Can you believe that? That is ridiculous. At 19. 19? (laughs) You're right. The fuck are you up to? Anyway, so that triggered my interest in girls again. So I decided to go back onto field. I was still seeing the same guy and I decided to go back onto field and kind of like just try and see if I could maybe go on a date with a girl one-on-one to see how I felt. Cause I was like, hmm, okay. Maybe this is something I want to explore without him just to see how I get on with that situation. So I did and I matched with this girl who was really sweet and we had this great date and um, very, very, a lot of um, martinis, you know what it's like. We had some dinner and it was very sweet. And she'd actually told me on the date, she was like, I've never ever had anyone pay for a date for me. I've always like gone Dutch or I paid. And I was like, what? That is not okay, babe. I was like, let me get this one. Come on, let me get this one. I was just like, come on, date etiquette. In every sense of the word, like what are people playing at? She's never had anyone take her out for a proper date and like pay for the meal like come on so I picked up the tab just to kind of like make her feel like she was wanted in that respect because there's so many people out there who are like I just think they're out for a shag aren't they and they don't really give a fuck about that they're like oh you can go Dutch I don't give a fuck come on come on date date fucking etiquette like politeness 101 come on kindness 101 put kindness out in the world you will get it back come on Anyway, we had a great date, and I was I was feeling quite nervous, you know, because I'd actually never been on a date date with a girl before to that extent, like, to the point where I was like, well, this could actually be a thing, like, I could date a girl for a while, and, like, let's see how it pans out. So we ended up going back to mine, and we just, like, we got on. It was fun. We were, like, kissing, and, like, she had a shower, I had a shower. It was, like, almost like we were married for, like, 20 years. <laughs> And then we ended up going to bed and sleeping together. And it was it was great. And we had a really lovely evening together. And then the next morning I kind of felt like... It was a very different feeling to what I'd felt like waking up next to a guy than I did with a girl. It was like... It wasn't the same feeling. It, it kind of felt like more transactional in a way for me. Sleeping with a girl than it did with a, with a guy. Like the feelings weren't really there towards a relationship for me than they would have been towards a guy even if I'd slept with them once I think it goes through everybody's minds when you've slept with somebody that it could be something potentially even if you're not really that interested I think it's just like in your DNA to feel like that in my personal opinion anyway that you could potentially be attached to somebody in that respect that would be like a relationship thing you know so it didn't feel like that in the morning and it was kind of, um, it was kind of weird. And I kind of wanted just, I, I, in a way, I kind of just wanted to, to get her out. And I just didn't know, I didn't really know how. I felt like a fuck boy. I was like, yeah, so, um, yeah, I've got um, like a few like things to do today. And uh, um, yeah, I've got like, yeah, I've got like meet my mate in like, oh, like, yeah, like half an hour. Like, I found myself making up excuses to try and get her to go, which is so not like me. But it really put me into a situation where I didn't know how to deal with it. So 
when we were outside, it was like it was the summer. We were, she was having like a vape on the um, the balcony, and um, she was like, "Oh, I took some photos of us last night." And I was like, "What?" She's like, "I took some photos of us last night," and I was like, "Oh my god, I do not remember that." She was like, "She," and then she showed me. There's a picture of me and her like uh, in the lift up towards my flat. She then put it on her Instagram and like put like date giggles and I was like, oh no, I, re- I, I, I just didn't, I mean, I didn't really know how to react and it made me feel really like weird. It made me feel really like, I just wanted to like run away. I was like, even if someone that did that to me on a first date, regardless of their gender, I just felt a bit like icked out by it. Do you know what I mean? I was just a bit like, mm, I don't know, I didn't like it. So safe to say that kind of put me off and I didn't really want to see her again after that also it sounds like there's an absolute house party on going next door I don't know what's going on so can you hear that fucking hell East London calm it down will ya it's fucking Monday night that's my awful cockney accent for you okay so that really it didn't solidify my um kind of like getting with girls situation like I really enjoyed myself but I kind of like I think maybe it could have been it could have been at anyone, right? It could have been anyone's situation, like posting and then tagging. And I was just like, oh, it just gave me the ick and I didn't really like it. So moving forward, I haven't dated girls again since then. I wouldn't say no to it, but right now I am taking a break from dating in general. And you'd be proud of me, actually. I've actually been on off the apps now. And hang on, let me just get it out because it's quite funny. I don't know if you know the Nomo app. It's basically an app that you can like track your sobriety or if you've not been smoking, etc. Now I downloaded it for dating apps just because I wanted to keep track of how long I haven't been on Hinge and Field and whatever because there is an addiction to a certain point, I think, anyway. So I've been off the, the dating apps now for 47 days, which for me is fucking wild, actually. It's fucking wild because I was addicted to it. I'd wake up, swipe, and like it'd be con- it would be a constant thing. I couldn't stop. Like it was honestly like dating. You know what I was like, as of last year, kind of dating a couple times a week, and it became a, became a bit too much of a thing. So, I deleted them. The reason for this was because there was a guy. The last date that I went on was a guy who I'd matched with on field. Um, before actually actually so he was like oh long time no speak I haven't spoken to you since you just broke up with your ex and I was like that's crazy it's been like a year and a half it's been like a year and a half since I'd spoken to him and he was like let's go for a date but it's kind of like long overdue and I was like sweet this guy's Scottish and I kind of had a little thing for a Scottish guy because one of the guys I was seeing before was Scottish I had a little bit of like you know a little bit something going on there anyway so met up with this guy I was like really excited. We'd been texting. He seemed really fun. Got there. What's he drinking? What's he drinking? He's drinking a Lucky Saint. Now, I don't mind if you're sober. I don't want to date you if you're sober. And I know that sounds really mean. And I've dated sober people in the past. But I really enjoy having a drink. Now, I enjoy having a dirty martini with my girls. If I'm on a date, I feel like it makes me feel less nervous and I just feel like I can be more myself when I've had like a little bit of a, a confidence boost, if you like, like a little bit of like a an easing into the situation. It kind of just like puts the anxiety to the side a little bit rather than going like straight head and raw dog situation. So I turned up, he's drinking Lucky Saint. I'm thinking, oh, fuck. 
I'm at the bar ordering a filthy martini. You know what I'm like. Sit down and the conversation is very much one-sided. He is very much not asking me a single thing about myself. I think it might have even been like verbal diarrhea where people can't, they cannot stop in the moment where they're really nervous and they don't know what to say. So they're like, and they're kind of like letting it ooze out of them to a point of no return. Maybe it was that. But equally, date etiquette, again, 101, is a two-way street. You have to ask somebody the questions about themselves and that's how you get to know each other and if you want to go on a second date and if you want to if you have chemistry how can you know that if someone's talking at you the whole fucking time you just don't how would you (sighs) sigh of fucking absolute I just can't be asked with this anymore when I was speaking to him well I wasn't speaking to him he was speaking at me and then turn of events he starts talking not for five minutes Not for 10, but for 15 straight motherfucking minutes. He starts talking about his tax return in January, now, as we are. And he's worried because he's just become unemployed. I'm like, oh, Megan, Reeves, why the fuck are you on this date with this non-playable character? I'm pretty sure he said he lived on a boat or something as well. And I was just like, I can't. I was like, universe, this is a funny one. This is actually quite a funny one. You got me on this one. I'm going to stop dating now from dating apps. You've made your point. You've made your point. So not even that, but halfway through the day, well, towards the end of the day, to be fair, I was with him for two hours, which was a lot of him talking at me. And I didn't really know how I stayed for that long. But anyway, say la vie. I carried on the situation. He gets up in a bit of a flustered state halfway through. He's like... I'm like, you okay? He's like, no, I'm really not. I'm really not. Some girl, let me just give you a bit of context. A girl in the bar has gone out for a cigarette. She's kind of left the bar, the bar, the door half ajar, right? So she's kind of like talking to the barman and also having a ciggy. So she's like, yeah, 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 yeah. And also like kind of like blowing a smoke outside. Fair enough, right? We all do it. It's in a bar situation. Come on. Anyway, he's he's not happy about this at all in slightest. And he's like huffing and puffing. And I'm like, what's going on? What's he going to do next? I'm like, don't, don't get up up yet. Don't, don't get up out of your chair, please. Please don't do that to me in a public place. Please. You're already embarrassing me as it is. Please don't do it. Anyway, he does. He gets up. He goes up to the girl. Almost slams her fucking hand in the door and says, excuse me. It's freezing outside. You should be closing this door. It's so cold in here. And literally pushes her out of the way and shuts the door and I'm like world please swallow me up I actually can't deal with this man on this fucking date any longer I literally proceeded to drink my martini as fast as I motherfucking could until it burnt my esophagus to an inch of its life and I wanted to get out of there and run home and speak to my friends and just be like this guy I actually am so traumatized I can't I have to get out. I have to get out of here So that was the last date that I went on. Can you blame me for deleting the apps? Absolutely not. The guy before that, let me just tell you this one, because actually it is outrageous. So I matched with him, we're talking for a while. I feel like guys like to put in the legwork a little bit because I feel like if they're going to get laid, they're going to put a little bit of legwork in because it's like the way to do it or whatever. Anyway, we match on field. He seems quite sweet. We go for a drink. We're kind of getting on. And he kind of reminds me of someone that I 
um, had been with before, so it was kind of like almost like a familiarity, and I was like, fuck it, let's go, let's see where this goes. I hadn't had sex for a while, and neither had he, it'd been eight months, so I was a bit like, fuck it, let's see where it goes. We go back to mine, and we have some wine, and we like chatting, but he's very much like wanting to get upstairs very quickly, and I'm like, again, date etiquette, where is it? Hello, romance is dead. What are you doing? Can you wait? Can you just, you know, just see where this goes? It's almost like he was in a rush. Like he wanted to get in, out, get in, get out, get off. Do you know what I mean? Get in, get out, get off. Get in, get off, get out. Sorry, that's what I meant. I'm just like, okay. So I'm downstairs pouring a glass of wine because my place is like a mezzanine situation. And I'm like pouring a glass of wine, having a little sip downstairs. And I can hear from upstairs to downstairs, he goes to me, where are your toys? And I'm like downstairs like, what toys? He's like, you know, your toys. And I'm like, oh no, oh no. He's asking me where my sex toys are. I don't even know this guy, I've known him for like, what, an hour? And he's asking me where my sex toys are. I'm like, okay, swallow the pride down, it's fine. It could be an interesting conversation. So I'm like, um, they're upstairs. And he's like rummaging around trying to find them. And I'm like, oh my God, is this really happening? Is this really happening to me? <sighs> okay, deep breaths, deep breaths, Meg. It's fine, you've got this. Anyway, walk upstairs because I'm like, he's rummaging through something very personal, bearing in mind he's just met me an hour ago. And I'm like, if you're really going the way it's getting laid, honey, you're not going the right way about it. Anyway, he's got my sex toy box out, right? And I'm like, oh my God, this is mortifying. I haven't had enough wine for this, please, please universe what are you trying to prove to me and i get it stop you know fucking around with non-playable characters anyway we move forward he's kind of going through my sex toy box like oh so what does this do then what does this do and i'm like literally like like a rabbit in the headlights like okay it's okay um i don't really want to be doing this right now so I kind of just jumped on him just to try and stop him from talking about what was in my sex toy box because I've never really gone through it and explained every single sex toy to every single person that I've ever been with because who does? Good lord above, beam me fucking up, it was awful. So not only that, I was like on top of him, I was kissing him and I don't know if you've ever remembered this but like if you've ever kissed anyone that's like been like a really thick saliva to the point where you're like... Our, I think maybe our body chemistries are not connecting and it's not going to work. But you carry on because you're like, fuck it, I'm going to see what, where this goes. The kissing was, oh, the kissing was really bad. It was probably probably one of the worst up there with one of the worst kisses I've ever had. My good Lord above, I didn't know what to do. I was like, fuck it, taking a sip of the wine, kind of helping me through the situation, thinking I haven't been laid in a while, just just see where it goes, you could be a secret secret sensation, you never know, so I carried on, and I kind of was just like, you're really bad at kissing, and he was like, am I, I was like, yeah, I was like, I'm not sure if it's just, bearing in mind he hasn't had sex in eight months, even so, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's built into you, like a, you know, a generic, normal, push the button, let's have a snog situation, you know what you're doing, you've been doing it since you were 13, well, I have anyway, um, that sounded so cocky. I've actually been snogging since I was 13. Don't worry about it. Professional. Sorry. <laughs> Outrageous behaviour. Um, so we ended up having sex. 
obviously, because I was like, couldn't, I couldn't not at this point, because I was giving in, I was giving in to the fucking, you know, the feelings, oh god, anyway, we're having sex, and he's like, oh god, it's really bad, it's really bad, he's like rummaging through my toy box, right, again, and I'm like, oh my god, I need to kick that fucking box to the side, this guy is obsessed, he will not let this box drop, I'm like, fucking hell, just leave it, leave it alone, fucking put it down, and he's like, grabbed a, he's grabbed a dildo out, right, and I'm like, oh no, what's he gonna do with that, what's he gonna do with that, and he's like, can I put this, um, up your ass, and I'm like, no, absolutely not, literally, I met you about an hour ago, like, this is really bad, like, me having, like, having sex with you this early on, but I was just like, fuck's sake, <laughs> it couldn't have got any worse, literally, and then, obviously, classic guy situation, they're always in a rush, always in a rush, where are they going, have you got a bus to catch, honey, because if, you better go and get it, because you're fucking, you're being that quick around this whole situation, fucking hell, so he's got no interest about me coming. They never do. They never do because they're not interested in that. They're interested about getting in, getting off, getting out. That's what he was doing, and that's what he did. He got he get he got in, he got off, and he was putting his trousers on pretty much as soon as he got off. Um, and he was ordering an Uber within five minutes, and I was like, "Wow." Hate to say it, but I'm going to say it. Romance is dead. And I'm sorry it was more like a shag situation, right? But equally so, I'm like, you know, kindness and human connection is still should be there to a certain point. And we are we are adults. Maybe some boys aren't, because, you know, as we know in the single world, they kind of aren't. It's like dating kids. They're like they, they just don't don't ever grow up, no, no matter what what age they are. And it's really frustrating. So that was my last shag, and it was really not even worth writing home about, to be honest. But the fact that he was ravaging through my sex toy box, oh my god, it makes it still makes me cringe. It still makes me fucking cringe to an end of my the end of my life. I actually can't. So those were the two dates that really solidified my actions to delete all of the apps. I got back from that date with the Scottish guy and I was like, I actually can't do this anymore. Like I actually it's physically draining. And there was a moment on that date with the Scottish guy that I felt like I actually felt like physically crying. Because I was like, I can't believe I'm doing this to myself again. Like I deserve better. And I I don't want to sound arrogant when I say that, but I just do. And you know when you're on a date with someone who's like not even in your world, they do not and will not understand anything about your world at at any point, so like, why am I here with you, why am I sat with you, like, spending my time that I can't get back with you, why do we do that to ourselves, we should go back to the five minute rule, which is what my mum said, and we know my mum's legend, and she's going to be coming on the pod, because she's a fucking legend, she's taught me all that I know about dating etiquette, and guys, and everything about them, like, I've I've, I've learned so much from her, because she is the, she's the guru, she's mum, she's mama, she's me, but she's on, like, another level of, like, insane, so she said to me, give them five minutes, within that time, you will know if you're going to get on or not, and you kind of, do, you you really do. Five minutes of someone's time, you kind of know if you have a, a chemistry with them, especially on a date situation. Now give it, okay, five, 10, 
15 tops, right? But in the first five minutes, you know if that person's going to be like, you know, a chemistry situation. And most of the time you can avoid the shit shags that way. So that's a real good tip for mama. Now, I'm going to go for a couple tips on heartbreak. Since I've been since I've been single the last six months, I've come quite a long way. I've been, I feel like I've also been like reborn in a way and like letting go of like um, the whole situation with me and my ex. It's been, it's been really difficult. It's been really hard. And like seeing him move on with someone new is, is still heart wrenching to see it. Like, you know, when you see someone and they're so familiar to you and you're like, I don't even know that person anymore. And it's really sad because like you spend so much of your life with that one person and they're like your family and your world and then you break up and you become like these separate people and these separate entities and um and seeing them in their new life and like living a new world without you is still heart-wrenching so again if you're doing the same as me please restrict them on your instagram don't watch their stories don't do those things to you because all it does ultimately is really keep and you're not you're keeping yourself from the healing that's all you're doing and you can't do that to yourself you have to be kinder to yourself and I have I've really learned that in the last six months and that's what I really feel like I've um I've got I've culled a lot of people for the reason that there's been a lot of negativity surrounding my whole breakup and the people that I surrounded myself with were not the people that I should have been surrounding myself with that would help me heal in any way it actually like stopped me from healing so once I culled them out of my life and say goodbye to that friendship group. I moved into another world of humans in the last six months where I feel like the connection is kind of like unworldly. Like I feel like I've known them for a thousand years. I feel like they're my soulmates that I know that I'll be friends with for the rest of my life. Like I have no doubt, no doubt in my mind. So it's really interesting when you cull certain people and like people think I'm quite brutal in that sense. Like I can, I can really be quite brutal. I'm like, if you're in my life and you're in my circle of friends and you're in my world, then I will give you everything. You will be very much like under my wing and I will love you and I will care for you like a family member. And if you piss me off or you break my heart or you do anything like I don't agree with, then you're fucking out and I'm never ever going to speak to you ever again. And I know that's quite a cold-hearted way of looking at it but actually it's been the best way of being kind to myself and protect protecting myself from being hurt in the long run so like once I've once I've let what I've learned from that is that actually don't let everybody in only be trustworthy to how you feel what your gut tells you your gut is always on the money always on the money genuinely always on the money so culling people is not a bad thing. And I think I've, I've spoken to a lot of people about this over the last six months, actually. I feel like last year, 2023, it was a massive year for that. It was, a, it was a year of saying goodbye to things that don't serve you anymore. And once you do that and you close those doors, others open very quickly and you meet people very quickly that are like more on your wavelength. Again, going back to what I'm saying about the universe, and if you don't believe in this, totally fine. But I'm a massive, ma- massive manifester. I always have been. And I feel like I've manifested the people in my life that I have kind of around me now. It's like a circle of souls that I could trust with my fucking life, you know. But before, with this other group, they were very much out for just like, who were they? Fre- who was had a blue tick, who was friends with who, and who could get someone on guest list and whatever. So it was like something I was really not interested in. I wasn't interested in that world. I'm, I'm very much interested in like a connection that you have with someone that is very true and honest and you can trust somebody 
trust is basically what every single relationship comes down to. If there's no trust, there is no love. That's exactly how I've always lived my life. And going forward, that's the only way I'm going to live my life from now on. So if anyone oversteps the mark with anything in your life, and you should really take this on board in every aspect of your life, don't let anyone overstep the mark or hurt you or make you feel shit or make you question anything about yourself that you believe in because those people aren't right for you. And the universe will keep coming back and repeating those lessons to you over and over again until you learn them. And it just does that because it's like, come on, you've not learned from the first time. I'm going to send you someone worse. I'm going to send you someone worse until you learn the lesson. And then you learn it so hard and powerful and you're like, fuck, I should have listened the first time. But then you re- and then you, re- you realise all those lessons from the beginning. You're like, fuck, there's those pe- the people over and over again. It's like a repeated lesson. It's, it's crazy. So that's what I've kind of learned from that. And I feel like going forward, being kind to yourself, if you are single and you're very much in the same boat as me, I feel like this year for us is a massive, massive... Um, it's like a healing year. It's like creating things that we are going to be putting in force for our future. Many, many positive things. This is the year of friends, genuinely. And I also feel like my, my prediction with dating apps is going to be... Hey, I'm just going to pour myself another glass of wine. Um, because my friend... Oh, look at that. I can hear it on the mic. My lovely friend, Rob Silla, bought me some chin chin vino verde and it's just like absolutely stunning so i've been enjoying that while speaking to you thank you robzilla um so what was i saying oh yeah so my um my prediction from this for this year about dating apps is that um i feel like everyone that i've spoken to that's been on dating apps for like the last year or and year and a half or whatever they, they're all very much in the same boat so they're like I'm sick of the, the swiping on hinge and I'm sick of no guys talking to me and even guys in the same boat they're like I can't do this anymore it's too much so what I think and my prediction is that this year I think people are going to take a leaf out of my book not necessarily saying that I'm the, the fire starter of this I really don't think I am at all but I'm just saying if you delete the apps and you take some time away from being away from dating in general and you really allow yourself to be alone for at least a couple of months and one of my friends said this to me actually he said to me last year I think you need to take some time away with not pursuing anything not being around anybody and really being okay with being alone once you're alone and you're okay with that then you know anyone that comes into your life it's like an added extra and they should be there as an added extra. They shouldn't be there to like fill a void that isn't that needs to be filled because it's not that's not who we are as humans and as being single humans. We don't need somebody else to complete us because we are already complete. If you're feeling like you are wanting to fill that void, that is still a lot of healing that you have to do for yourself before you can let somebody else in because the only people that you're going to be letting in in that respect are toxic people that are going to be taking something from you like the energy feeders that I was speaking about before because you're giving out this low frequency and people that you you know if you're giving out the low frequency which I was when I first broke up with my ex is that these people will be like they'll be like bottom feeders they'll be like the energy suckers they're the energy vampires that will come and get that from you because they want that they want that they want to suck your energy away because you're low you haven't got the power they'll do that and they'll keep doing it so if you're in that 
point in that situation where you're like, why isn't dating working for me? Like, blah, blah, blah. Like, I'd say, personally, from what I've experienced, give it a break for two to three months. It's only two to three months. It's not a long time. Delete the apps. Get the Nomo app if you want it, and it actually tracks it. And you kind of feel a bit proud of yourself. You're like, you know what? I've been off the apps for 47 days. For me, that's a big thing. And I know it is for a lot of other people as well. Even going on Hinge and getting like, oh, someone's like me. Most of the time, I even fucking talk to you. So what's the point? It's like, I feel like guys go on Hinge to collect girls. It's like an ego boost. And girls do the same with guys. There's no meeting up. And if there is, it's quite a boring situation. I was saying to my friend the other day, most of the people that you meet that you're going to be in a relationship with, you wouldn't probably, I wouldn't have swiped yes to most of the guys that I've been out with in my life. I just wouldn't have that I've had long relationships with, I'd be like, oh, God, no. But in real life, we've got on really well. We've had, like, a real chemistry and a connection. You have connections with the the randomest of people that you would never expect to have in your life, especially, like, having a sexual connection with someone. You can't force that. And I think on apps, like, you see someone that's attractive doesn't really mean anything, to be honest. Like, people are attractive in their own way. So, like, what apps are, like, betraying this thing that doesn't really exist... So I'm going to leave you with this, a little motivational quote that I um, came up with myself. I'm going to read it to you. So this is the vibe for 2024. Say what you mean. Be straight to the point. If it feels wrong, don't do it. Trust your gut. It's always right. Do what makes you feel amazing and surround yourself with people that do. Take more chances. Give Give less of a fuck and follow your heart. I'm going to leave you with that. Welcome back to series two. Next week, I'm going to be joined by one of my lovely, lovely friends. Um, I'm very excited to share with you. Um, We're going to be speaking about all things dating and everything just like, you know, drinks with a friend um, as it goes down that route. But thank you so much for tuning in for my first episode back on series two. Can't believe I'm back. It's so weird. I'm kind of a bit nervous in a way, but I'm excited for you to hear and I would love to hear your dating stories as always. Please slide into my DMs. Tell me any ics that you've got. I've got so many things to share with you over the last six months and so many amazing guests coming your way. Um, and I'm here every Monday. So stay tuned. Thank you for joining me this evening and I wish you the best week. Lots of love. <laughs>